Greetings to everyone. Happy Sabbath to you all. We are approaching another fall Holy Day season, and what what is best to teach in due season what we need to hear? Tonight, I'm going to cover Day of Trumpets, two days away from today, this evening, Day of Trumpets. We've come to another year of fall Holy Day season, a most wonderful time of the year, brethren. We all look forward to this time of the year. And the ultimate, the return of Jesus Christ, is going to be accompanied by the blasts of trumpets. And an army of tens of thousands of saints riding white horses. So today's message is going to be a lot of review, but I think it's critical that we review this on a yearly basis so that we totally and fully comprehend the importance and the meaning behind the Holy Days. And the one we're going to cover today is the Day of Trumpets, which is two days away. The trumpets will signal the sound of war and announce the arrival of Christ at his return. The trumpet, because of its powerful and terrifying sound, and is used in the scriptures on numerous occasions for warning, signaling war, and calling people to assemble at the tabernacle, and also the arrival of the new moons and the arrival of the holy days. There are many other uses of the trumpets also found in the scriptures. Many world today blow the shofar at sunset beginning the day of trumpets, the first day of the seventh month. In God's plan, trumpets is the next feast of the Lord that we're going to be observing, and it has much prophetic fulfillment as the entire plan of God does. The Feast of Trumpets has great significance to us personally because we, as the called out ones, understand it is a holy time, a holy day that God has appointed for us to keep, a commandment of God to observe a memorial of what is surely going to be the most spectacular event to occur on this earth. It seems to me that there's more information about the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of the Lord in the Scriptures than any other subject. And that being the case, emphasizes the emphasis of how important a day this is and how much it will affect the entire world and our part in it. Matthew 24, you read of heavenly signs that will usher the seven trumpets, then leading to the seventh seal. Let's turn to Revelation 8, verse 6. Revelation 8, verse 6. 
Then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound their trumpets. The Feast of Trumpets means virtually nothing to the average person today. But guaranteed, it definitely will in the future. To God's people who are looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, this day of trumpets pictures our first assignment with him as resurrected spirit beings. Let's turn to Titus 2, verse 13. Titus 2, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our Savior and great God, Jesus Christ. So for this evil world that we live in, the Feast of Trumpets is simply another regular day in which people go about their regular routines. They have no knowledge of it, and they have no interest in the plan of God or the days that God has assigned and appointed to keep. The Feast of Trumpets points to the Day of the Lord, as it's referred to, the Day of God's Wrath, a most significant event, the dramatic return and second coming of Jesus Christ in supreme power over all the earth. God's rage at this point has come to the full, and God has had enough with what has occurred in the world up to that time. Let's turn to Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66. Verse 15. For behold, the Lord will come with fire and with his chariots like a tempest to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For the fire and by his sword, the Lord will execute judgment with all flesh and the slain of the Lord will be many. Person to person, city to city, nation to nation, After the saints are resurrected and gathered with the two witnesses on the sea of glass, the day of Pentecost, the last seven vials will be poured out. Revelation 15, verse 2. Revelation 15, verse 2. And I saw a sea of glass mingled with fire. And those who had gotten victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name standing on the sea of glass, having the lyres of God, as we know, represented by the day of Pentecost. The saints will accompany Jesus as he smites the entire earth. Revelation 19 verse 14. We'll be covering a lot of scriptures, which may seem a little basic, but I think it's important that we realize the significance of this day and what it means for us. 
And the armies in heaven were following him on white horses, and they were clothed in fine linen, white and pure. The world will be caught unawares by the day of the Lord coming upon them. In the plan of God, which God has instituted, the Feast of Trumpets foreshadows the victorious return of Jesus Christ, who will overcome all the kings and the rulers of this world. And the evil, the earth and the evil works associated with that done by men will be stripped bare before God. And Jesus will conquer the beast and the false prophet with divine wrath. And he will blind Satan. That's part of the master plan that God has set aside. Revelation 17. Let's turn to Revelation 17. Revelation 17, verse 12. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received the kingdom but shall receive authority as kings for one hour with the beast. These all have one mind and shall give up their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb, but the lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and those who are with him are called and chosen and faithful. Revelation 19, down to verse 20. Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet who worked miracles in his presence, by which he had deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Those two were cast alive into the lake of fire, which burns with brimstone. So this is picturing the end time, this time that we're going to be coming upon, the Feast of Trumpets, leading on to the Day of Atonement, and leading on to the (coughs) Feast of Tabernacles, which we are all looking forward to, and ending with the last great day. So what does the Feast of Trumpets picture? Revelation 6. Revelation 6. Verse 17. Because the great day of his wrath has come, and who has the power to stand? Jesus will establish the kingdom of God over all the earth. Going back to Revelation, we're going to be spending some time here, back and forth. Revelation 19, verses 14 to 16. And the armies in heaven were following him on white horses, and they were clothed in fine linen, white and pure. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he might smite the nations, and he shall shepherd them with an iron rod. And he treads the winepress of the fury and the wrath of the Almighty God. 
and on his garment and on his thigh he has a name written king of king king of kings and lord of lords brethren jesus will have his saints with him during this time and that's the point that i want to get across it's a remarkable remarkable thing that we as the called out ones that become the saints will be there with him at this time as king of kings jesus saints will be with him as he gains victory how do we know that the saints will be with him well it's clearly read out in the scriptures the resurrected saints of god will be with jesus every step of the way as he conquers the entire earth we will forever be with jesus beginning with the resurrection being caught up in the clouds of the air and the wedding to christ revelations 19 verse 7 Revelations 19, verse 7. Let us be glad and shout with joy, and let us give glory to him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. So, brethren, that's the awesome time that we have to look forward to. As gruesome as this day represents, it's a day of war but that we will be part of that day, joining Christ as he returns to the earth. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds for the meeting with the Lord in the air and so shall we always be with the Lord. So shall we be ever with the Lord. That's the emphasis of my message today. The emphasis that we will be forever with the Lord once we have qualified as a saint. After the wedding supper, we are clearly told, so shall we ever be with the lord we shall cleave to one another brethren and never never be separated so the feast of trumpets is a more up close and personal thing that we maybe many times realized the bride of christ will return with him on the invincible white horses clothed in fine linen white and clean as described in the scriptures go back to revelation 19 verse 14. just reiterating this and that the armies in heaven were following him on white horses and they were clothed in fine linen white and pure In Jude, this fact is unambiguously spelled out, brethren. 
The saints will be with Jesus. There will never be any separation from Jesus Christ ever again. That's significant to realize. So shall we be forever with the Lord. What a great promise. What a great promise that we are given. Jude explains that God promised this very, very early on. The Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints, and we will be part of that. We will be with Christ. Let's turn to Jude 1. Jude 1. Verse 14. Uh, it's only one, one chapter, so beginning verse 14. And Enoch, the seventh from Adam, also prophesied of these, proclaiming, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy saints to execute judgment against all and to convict all of who are ungodly of all their works of evil ungodliness that they have impiously committed, and of all the hard things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are the complainers and the critics who are walking after their own personal lusts while their mouths are speaking great swelling words, flattering persons for the sake of advantage. One of the very first things, brethren, we will do as resurrected saints is join, is to join with Jesus Christ in bringing mass destruction on the entire planet. It sounds gruesome, terrible thing, but as God has promised, that will occur. It may seem counterintuitive to think of war as an act of Christianity. But that, brethren, is what the Feast of Trumpets is all about, waging war against the ungodly. God's desire is, of course, that all ungodly ultimately will repent, and they will have that opportunity at the great white throne judgment of the last day. That's the awesome plan that God has set aside. God is a merciful God, and God will give them the opportunity at the last great day. Jesus will say to the ungodly brethren, you dished it out to my people. Now get it together or lose it forever. It does seem counterintuitive that the saints' first duty will be to wage war. It seems uncharacteristic as the bride of Christ to be first responsibility to fight and make war against all mankind. Keep in mind that true saints and the true church have been persecuted throughout history. So what, brethren, what is God's perspective on the matter? 
Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians 1. Second Thessalonians 1, beginning verse 3. We are duty-bound to thank God always for you, brethren, even as it is fitting, because your faith is increasingly abundantly, and the love of each one of you is abounding toward one another, so that we ourselves are boasting about you in the churches of God because of your endurance and your faith in all your persecution and in the tribulations that you are bearing. Your faith and endurance are a visible testimony of the righteous judgment of God so that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. That is the lot of true Christians. Persecutions tribulations so that we may be counted worthy of the kingdom of god we see the judgment at christ's coming what are the persecutions and tribulations which we will suffer second thessalonians 1 verse 5 your faith and endurance are vis visible testimony of the righteous judgment of god so that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God which you are suffering. A righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation. Verse 6, since it is righteous with God to recompense tribulation to those who are persecuting you. Exact full payment. Jesus is not going to let all the trials, the persecutions, and tribulations which we suffer in this lifetime go unanswered, brethren. Paul says for us to be patient. It will, it will take place. Verse 7. And to you who are persecuted, rest with us at the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven with the mighty angels, dealing out vengeance with flaming fire upon those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, who will suffer the penalty of eternal destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his strength. Brethren, we will witness Christ's retribution on the ungodly firsthand. Jesus Christ will be glorified in his saints. Verse 10. When we shall when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in that day in all those who believe because our testimony was believed by you. Jesus is going to recompense tribulation to them, exact the full payment out of the ungodly. Let's turn to Luke 18. Luke 18.
beginning verse 7. And shall not God execute vengeance for his elect, who cry out to him day and night and patiently watch over them? I tell you that he will execute vengeance for them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find the true faith on the earth. Brethren, the Feast of Trumpets is designed to bring this world face-to-face with their transgressors and the ultimate consequences of the ungodly acts. Jesus Christ and the saints will put down the malicious rulers and lawless governments, which have brought so much misery to mankind. Nearly all the sinful people on the earth are going to be destroyed by the seven last trumpet plagues. The great slaughter will be a sublime act of God's love. God has a great deal of mercy. We must not forget that, brethren. All the ungodly who die in the trumpet plagues will eventually have the opportunity to repent. All of them. They will live again and be given time to worship the true God. That is the awesome plan of God. Those who repent and come to know and to worship the Creator God will be judged righteous in the great white throne judgment and receive eternal life. So God gives the opportunity to everyone, the opportunity for them to repent. And the ultimate goal from there will be to reach eternity. The Feast of Trumpet shows God's mercy for all, as gruesome as it may sound, even the ungodly. So you see, brethren, that the slaughter of the day of the Lord is an act, actually, of godly love. It is ultimately a momentous moment that welcomes repentance and salvation. On the Feast of Trumpets, the saints will return with Christ army of spirit beings to defeat that beast, the false prophet in the valley of Jehoshaphat, and help establish God's kingdom over all the earth, which is represented by the upcoming Holy Day Feast of Tabernacles. Let's turn to Joel 1, verse 15. Joel 1, verse 15. Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and it shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Let's go over to Joel 3. Joel 3, verse 2. I will gather all the nations and bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will fight with them there for my people, for my inheritance, 
Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and divided my land. So let us read more of the coming day of the Lord, brethren. Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14. Zechariah 14, verse 1 to 4. Behold, the day of the Lord comes, and your spoils shall be divided in your midst. For I will gather all nations to battle against Jerusalem. And the city shall be taken, and the houses plundered, and the women raped, and half the city shall go into exile, and the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And the Lord shall go out and fight against all those nations, as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon, upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall split in two from the east and to the west, and make a very great valley. And half of the mountain shall move towards the north, and half of it towards the south. Brethren, there was a time in the church of God that they did not realize that the saints would accompany Jesus at his return. Notice closely, all the saints will return with the Lord my God. Verse 5, and you shall flee to the valley of my mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azal. And you shall flee as you fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with you. Brethren, did you ever realize that when Jesus will stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, the Mount of Olives shall cleave in two? That the saints will actually be there with him? I know that when we first entered, when I first entered the Church of God worldwide, I don't believe that was taught at all. The Feast of Trumpet, brethren, announces the day in the plan of God in which Jesus will return to the earth to pour his wrath out on the lawless, the evil world in preparation for the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. That is the whole basis of this day of trumpets. Revelation 11, verse 15. Revelation 11, verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded his trumpet, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and Jesus and Jesus Christ, and he shall reign into the ages of eternity. In Mark, we find the time setting of Christ's return. There, the fifth seal, Satan's wrath for two and a half years. The sixth seal, heavenly signs. 
The seventh seal, the day of the Lord, that is God's wrath. Let's turn to Mark 13. Mark 13. Got you scrambling all over the place, I know. Mark 13, verse 24. Now in those days, after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give its light. And the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. The interesting thing is that the saints, brethren, the saints will be with him. And what a glorious future Christ has in store for his bride, the saints. God's word speaks of incredible, incredible devastation and upheaval in the heavens and the seas and the earth. After the tribulation, the nightly sky and the appearance of the landscape will little resemble what we know today. The heavenly constellation we recognize today will be seen no more. And the face of the earth will lie in ruins. Isaiah 13, 9 to 10. See, Isaiah 13, 9 to 10. Behold, the day of the Lord comes cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to make the earth a desolation and he shall destroy the sinners out of it. For the stars of the heavens and their constellations shall not give light. The sun shall be darkened in its going forth, and the moon shall not reflect in its light. That, brethren, is what we're going to be seeing happening. So, brethren, are we getting the picture of what trumpets actually represents. Verse 11, And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity, and I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the tyrants. The sixth seal, heavenly signs, is opened between Satan's wrath in the tribulation and the trumpet plagues that accompany Christ's return. What does Jesus say? Let's turn to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. We go there many times. Matthew 24. Beginning verse 29. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming upon the clouds of heaven with power and great glory again brethren again the saints will accompany jesus 
at this return. Luke 21. Luke 21. Verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and moon. I'm just reiterating this again. And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and stars and on the earth, distress and anxiety among the nations, the seas roaring with rolling surges, men dying of heart attacks from fear and dread of the things that are coming on the whole world for the powers of heavens shall be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great power and great glory. Read that carefully, brother. Just exactly when will our redemption draw nigh? God will bring the saints with Jesus. First Thessalonians 4. Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, in exactly the same way also, those who have fallen asleep in Jesus will bring, will God bring with him. There it is again, brethren, there it is again. Even the saints who are dead in their graves will God bring with him. As we have seen repeatedly, all the saints will bring with him when he returns on trumpets. Verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall in no wise precede those who have fallen asleep. Because the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout of command, with a shout, the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds for the meeting with the Lord in the air. And so shall we always be with the Lord. So again, brethren, I want to emphasize that the saints will accompany Jesus at his return to be with, to be ever with the Lord. Verse 18, therefore, encourage one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. Let's turn to Revelation 6. 9 to 11. And when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony and they held, that they held. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, do you not judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And white robes were given to each one of them and they were told what they should rest a short time yet until it be fulfilled that both their fellow servants and their brethren also would be killed just as they had been. 
So brethren, they will be killed in the two and a half years of Satan's wrath. Verse 12. Verse 12. And when he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as the hair of sackcloth and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its untimely figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the heaven departed like a scroll that is better rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the powerful men, and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. Verse 16, and they said to the mountains and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Because the great day of his wrath has come, and who has the power to stand. The seventh seal. When the people of the nations refuse to repent, brethren, God's vengeance will come upon them all. But they will live again at the last great day. And they will, they will remember that the Lord was serious about them living righteously and then most of the mankind will repent and be able to enter the kingdom of God the six seals describes violent pandemonium in the heavens and major earthquakes spreading over the entire face of the earth the sixth seal introduces the seventh seal, the one-year-long wrath of the Lord. Isaiah 34, verse 8. Isaiah 34, verse 8. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance, the year to repay for the, the fighting against Zion. So the sixth seal, the heavenly signs, divide Satan's part of the tribulation from the day of the Lord's wrath, the year last year of the tribulation, the seventh seal. Let's turn to Acts 2, beginning verse 19. And I will show wonders in heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. So the seventh seal consists of the seven trumpets, brethren, each signaling a massive earth-shattering cataclysm. You can read that in Revelation 8, 1 and 2. God is make, going to shake the earth powerfully and more furiously than since he had created man. 
you might ask, why would a loving God be so angry? Well, it's because he had a beautiful plan for mankind that was disrupted by evil, lawless men and their governments. When sinful men had every opportunity to appreciate the creator God and did not do so, there was no choice. Jesus will return in great power to prepare the earth as part of God's master plan for those who will avail themselves of his blessing in the millennium, the thousand-year reign, Christ. When the wrath of Lamb is all finished, there will be only a small percentage of the earth's population left alive. The Apostle Paul speaks often of the wrath of God. This must have been written about this time of year. Romans 2. Romans 2. Verse 2. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth upon those who commit such things. Going down to verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of his kindness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the graciousness of God leads you to repentance? But you, according to your own hardness and unrepentant heart, are storing up wrath for yourself against the day of wrath and revelation of God's righteous judgment. Verse 6, who will render to each one according to his own works. Those who die at the end, God will remember this harsh lesson, and many will repent that last great day, the great white throne judgment time. That's important to realize that. We are given many particulars of what is entailed. And the description of today's world is well, well found in those scriptures. Romans 1 verse 18. Romans 1 verse 18. Indeed, the wrath of God is revealed from the heaven upon all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So again, let us take a picture of trumpets. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 verse 6. Do not let anyone deceive you with vain words, for because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. We read it over and over again. People take God's patience as a sign that he does not mean what he says. But the day of trumpets 
the trumpets will show them differently. Colossians 3, verse 6. Colossians 3, verse 6. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. During the tribulation, those who worship beast and his image and receive his mark shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God. You can read of that in Revelation 14, verse 10, 19, Revelation 15, 1, and verse 7. All make reference to that. Seven golden vials contain the final plagues of the wrath of God. Let's turn to Revelation 16, verse 1. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go and pour out the vials of the wrath of God onto the earth. The Lord's wrath will come upon all ungodly men. And here are a few of the scriptures from the Old Testament. The saints of the church of God will be protected in God's place of safety during the three and a half years of wrath, the last year being the Lord's wrath. Zephaniah 2 verse 3. Zephaniah 2, verse 3. Seek the Lord, all you meek of the earth who have executed his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be that you shall be hidden in the day of the Lord's anger. You can also review a bit about the two suppers. Revelation 19. Revelation 19, verse 1. And after these things, I heard a loud voice of the great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah, the salvation and the glory and the honor and the power of the Lord and the power belong to the Lord our God. Down to verse 7. Let us be glad and shout with joy and let us give glory to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And it was granted to her that she should be clothed in fine linen. Pure and bright for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Verse 9, And he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. So everything fits into place, brethren. Everything fits into place. God's plan is a master plan. And God's plan will occur according to what he has set aside at his time, his place. Revelation 16 show the seven vials of the wrath of God being poured out one by one. The saints are on the sea of glass being called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
the last vial brings the deeds of great Babylon into remembrance before God. To give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of God's wrath. You can review this all on your own in Revelation 16. There's the two suppers. One is good. The other is to be avoided at all costs. The marriage supper of the Lamb and the dreadful supper of the great God of which Zephaniah speaks about. In Zephaniah 1 verse 7. Let's turn to Zephaniah 1 verse 7. Be silent before the face of the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. For the Lord has appointed a sacrifice. He has consecrated his guests. And also make reference Revelation 19, verses 17 to 21. These verses will be fulfilled when Jesus is accompanied by his saints. On the white horses, sacrificing the guests themselves who are forbidden or who are bidden to the supper of the great God. Revelation 19, verse 14. And the armies of heaven were following him on the white horses, and they were clothed in fine linen and pure, white and pure. Oh, I'm repeating a lot of this, but it's important that we realize. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun and cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds yeah, flying in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together to the supper of the great God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of chief captains, the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all, free and bond, and small and great. Verse 21. And the rest were killed by the sword of him who sits on the horse, even the sword that goes out of his mouth, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Sounds gruesome. The wrath of God will not be complete until after Jesus Christ, as King of kings and Lord of lords, has deposed of the beast, and them that worshipped his image, including the kings, the captains, the mighty men, and the nations. God's wrath is very comprehensive in nature. Let's turn to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 25, verse 21. Or 31, pardon me. A noise shall come to the ends of the earth, for the Lord has a controversy with the nations. He will plead with all flesh. He will give those who are the wicked to the sword, says the Lord. Isaiah 34. Isaiah 34. 1 and 2. 
Come near, you nations, to hear, and you people, hearken, not the earth here, and its fullness, the world and its offspring. For the anger of the Lord is upon all nations, and his fury upon all the armies. He has completely destroyed them. He has delivered them to the slaughter. Brethren, this is what the feast day of trumpets pictures. And the emphasis I want to show you this evening is that we will be there with Jesus Christ. We will witness all of this firsthand. The prophet Daniel spoke of Jesus as a stone cut without hands. He gives us that picture of Jesus Christ coming in great power against all the kingdoms of the earth. And God revealed that through Daniel, what shall be happening in the latter days. Daniel 2, verse 28. Daniel 2, verse 28. But there is God in heaven who reveals secrets and makes known to King Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed are these. Daniel told King Nebuchadnezzar that all the kingdoms of the earth would be pulverized at Christ's return. All the kingdoms of the earth will become kingdoms of our almighty God. Daniel 2, verse 34. You watched until a stone was cut out with out hands that struck the image upon its feet which were of iron and clay, and broke them in pieces. Verse 45. Because you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain. And its interpretation is true. Jesus is that stone cut without hands. The Feast of Trumpets is designed to ultimately bring about the world's repentance because people are going to be brought, as it were, face to face with their Creator God regarding what they had committed against him directly, against his way, and against his people. If it were not for the great destruction of the day of the Lord, this world would never change on its own, brother. They would keep Christmas, Sunday, Easter, and all their sinful ways. And so this pain associated with this day with all its destruction, is overall going to bring about something that will be eternally good for them. Keep in mind that all who have died will come forth at the last great day. That's the awesome end of God's plan. They will come forth at the last great day. After a thousand years of the millennium, and have time to not only repent, 
but to know and to worship the great creator God who had made them. Those who do repent and come to worship and know the true creator God will be judged righteous in that great white throne judgment and receive eternal life. So you see that the slaughter of the day of the Lord is ultimately a momentous, momentous event that welcomes repentance and salvation. So what is the wrath of the Lamb? The great day of the wrath of the Lamb has come, and no one will be able to stand against him. Jesus Christ will be coming soon, and it will not be what most people are expecting or hoping for. The wrath of God is coming against all lawless, evil men. And Jesus will eradicate all ungodliness, all unrighteousness of the men who suppress suppress the truth of God. Jesus is coming to prepare this earth for the millennial rule. He is coming in retribution against this earth for its treatment of his saints. Jesus will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity and will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Isaiah 13, verse 12. Isaiah 13, verse 12. Uh, Pardon me, 13, verse 11. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. And I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the tyrants. Brethren, on Monday evening, we will be observing the most awesome holy day, the Feast of Trumpets. It will be a gruesome day and a most memorable day in the history for mankind. Let us, as potential saints, be honored and appreciate the calling that God has given each one of us, first of all, to understand our calling and to fulfill our role in that calling. God has personally chosen each one of us separately And we, brethren, can be so thankful in humility that he has chosen us to be part of his most magnificent plan, including our direct involvement on this particular day, the Day of Trumpets. Let us take this seriously, brethren, and fulfill our almighty God's expectations and fulfill our responsibilities so that we may be justified before Jesus Christ and become and be one saint of God. Brethren, we as the saints of God will be there every inch of the way when Jesus returns. We will be forever with the Lord 
as he has totally promised us through his word and truth.